I'm going to start with uh, uh, with Bob Sosi. Go ahead, Bob. Bob, real quick before you um, go, I just wanted to say something. Um, got a chance to uh, see what Devin said and, and heard some of his remarks. Um, I do think that it would be a little bit tone deaf of me if we didn't first acknowledge everything that's gone on in the world since we last met, um, starting with COVID. And I know that it's affected us all differently. Whether it's affected us um, from a public health standpoint, personally, or whether it's affected us, uh, you know, economically with people losing jobs and struggling to provide for their families, people losing businesses. And then obviously where we sit socially right now and everything that's going on, um, certainly within our country, as it pertains to racism in particular, um, and that's something obviously that um, it, it rings a chord, it strikes a chord in me personally and my family, as well as many of my, my friends and loved ones. So all those things being said, I do think that for me, it's important to acknowledge one thing. And for those of you that have been covering me for a long time, you know that I am a, a, a man of faith in, in Christ. And I do feel like during times like these, um, it's important to step back and put things in perspective. And you realize that we live in a fallen world. There's a lot going on. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of doubt. There's death. There's suffering. Um, there's pain. And, and obviously, socially, you talk about the sin of racism and how it affects the heart and how that's plagued our um, society, unfortunately, since its beginnings. And I, and I think that now, more than any other time, um, obviously, the need has always been great, but I think it's, it's important for me to, to acknowledge uh, how, how I see the role of Jesus Christ in this situation. And I feel like all of us in life search, search for purpose and things that will give us meaning and, and allow us to carry on with hope. Um, and I certainly think that for me to be able to surrender during this time has been huge and realize that, hey, as much as we try to live lives where we think we're in control, we don't have control. There's only one person, as far as I'm concerned, that sits on his th throne is in, and is in control every day. And we all have a need for him because we're all imperfect just trying to find our way. And I don't think I'd be doing anyone justice if I, if I didn't encourage us all to look a little bit deeper than ourselves and our profession and even our families as we try to navigate this, this uncertainty. Um, I, I do find encouragement uh, because again, as I mentioned, I do believe that Christ is on his throne and I do believe that uh, where we fall short, he is enough. Where we make mistakes that he is enough. But I also believe that he cares about justice. I also believe that he he wants us um, to be kind, uh, to do justice, and to walk humbly with him, like the prophet Micah says. So I do pray that we'll find it within ourselves to be better. I do pray that we'll find it within ourselves to continue to have hope in one another. Uh, and I do pray that we will find it within ourselves to avoid um, division, to avoid hatred, um, and to seek the things that are right in the world. I think right now we're living in a time where there's so much division um, 
especially within our society, that it leaves people uh, questioning what is true, what is right. And again, as I, as I said at the beginning of this, there's only one person that I believe holds ultimate truth, and that is Christ himself. And I, I pray that he continues to guide us through this time. So um, I will take some questions, but I, I, I do feel like that um, I needed to say that before we got started this year. I appreciate you guys being patient with me and being willing to to hear me out. So. Bob, go right ahead. Well, thank you, Matthew. Um, thanks for those words, and I'll try to relate this to uh, some of the points you stressed. Uh, I read some of your remarks about your decision to play this year, balancing concerns for your family, concerns for yourself, with the risk potentially of playing uh, amid the, the pandemic. And I was curious, especially based on what you just said, and, and I wonder you know, how much it applies with other people, too. Uh, how much of the role that you can play as a football player and the platform you can have with regards to trying to amend the social injustice, the inequities, the things that are very important to you when it comes to racism and the Black Lives Matter movement, did, did that factor into your decision to play that you would have perhaps a better opportunity? Was, was it some part of the soul searching you did or, or the answers you sought in your prayer and faith? What, what your best role could be in, in 2020, if that makes sense? Yeah, good question, Bob. Uh, I think that's something that, that factored in. Um, you know, I, I know as a man, though, my first two responsibilities are to love God and to love my neighbor. And as I, as I think about that, my immediate neighbor is my my wife Shahzad and you know our three children and as a man as a husband i have a responsibility to lead them to provide for them and to protect them the best way that that i feel is fit is i pray about it as i seek the lord on it and um certainly that was the number one thing that factored into my decision was am i fulfilling my responsibilities as a leader of my home because if that's not in order and anything that I try to do outside of my home uh, really is going is going to be minimal. The impact is not really going to be felt as strongly. Obviously, we have a unique platform as as professional athletes, as NFL football players. We have a chance to connect with people and and do things that otherwise uh, maybe otherwise we wouldn't have had the chance to do. So uh, I'm certainly thankful for my platform at a time like this. Uh, where I feel like division is is so prevalent in our society, and and my hope is to bring a sense of oneness. And again, that oneness in my mind can only be brought through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I feel like I can use my my platform in a positive way this year. Uh, obviously, it's going to be challenging with with some of the restrictions that we have with COVID. Um, but my hope is that what little influence that I do have that I can point people in the direction that I feel like is the one true answer for them. And that's to the person of Christ and try to bring people together, understand what justice looks like. Not only, you know, you talk about social justice, but I think biblical justice, which uh, does have, you know, a lot of correlations to some of the things we see socially. Um, and to try to try to serve the best way I can from that from that point of view. So I'm thankful for the platform I have. Um, 
I'm going to try to use it to the best of my ability. But again, at the end of the day, my number one responsibility outside of serving the Lord is to take care of my family. And, and, and just very quickly, uh, based on what you have learned since you made that decision uh, in, in, in the testing process and what little exposure you've had to the facility itself, are, are, are you confident? Are you less concerned going forward now based on some of the steps that have been taken with the organization that you've seen firsthand? Look, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I do feel good about the direction that we're headed in. Uh, and we're very fortunate. We, we have a great deal of resources at our disposal here. And, th and that's something I don't take for granted. You look at what's going on around the country and resources have been an issue um, for a lot of people. So we do have a number of resources that I think are gonna help guide us through this time. Um, I have a lot of confidence in our medical staff, but at the same time, this is, this is unpredictable. It's novel, it's new and emerging. So we'll see how this goes. We'll have to take it one day at a time. Uh, we'll have to really have a lot of faith and trust in each other as we operate, uh, trying, to, trying to do what's better for, for your neighbor, for those around you. That's going to be a common theme this year and, and certainly going to be no different for us as we attempt to play football this season. Matthew, thank you. And I will apologize in advance if anyone who has a hand raised here was from a previous interview. So I'll just go down the list here. Evan Lazar, if you have a question, um, go ahead. No, I'm all set. Thank you, Stacey. Okay, next up, Megan O'Brien. Um, no, I'm all set. Thank you, Stacey. Okay, that's what I was afraid of. Those were, and Matthew, sorry about that. That's from uh, questions before, but the hand still shows that it's raised here. Uh, we'll go Alan, Alan Siegel, followed by Steve Sanchez. Hi, Matthew. How you doing, bud? I'm well. How are you, sir? Okay, thanks. Hanging in there. Matthew, you've always been a leader for this team. You mentioned a spiritual leader, but you've been a leader on the field also. I'm willing to bet with without knowledge that you probably talked to several, maybe all of the players that have opted out. I'm curious, without obviously going against any confidence, how tough were those conversations for you and for them? And of course, everybody's got to do what's best for their family. Mm -hmm. Well, look, for me, they weren't tough at all. Uh, I support those guys 100%. Um, their number one responsibility, as far as I'm concerned, and, and I'll reiterate it, is, is to their family. They, they owe their families what they see as best for their families, to protect and provide for their families. And, and that comes well beyond and, and well before what happens at One Patriot Place. So those guys have my full support. I respect their decisions. And I understand that all those guys made those decisions because they were choosing to put their families first. They were choosing to protect their loved ones. They were choosing to protect children, unborn children. Uh, they were choosing to protect spouses, parents. And in some cases, they were choosing to protect themselves. So. They have my full support. I know that it's tough for those guys. You know, football's different. When you sit out for a year, you can't really get that year back. It's not like I can work till I'm 66 instead of 65. You know, there's a limited number of years you have as far as football's concerned. So that's, that's tough. And you realize the opportunities uh, and the blessings that come along with football that the Lord provides. So I certainly am, am I'm able to feel for them uh, from that side of things. But again, I support those guys. I know that they were thoughtful and prayerful when considering their decisions. 
and and we look forward to having those guys back in the fold, hopefully this time next year or before that. Now, just quick follow up. Um, do you think from any conversations that you've had that there might be some more Patriots players opting out in the future before the deadline? I have no idea. I mean, look, that's, that's none of my business. Um, like I, I said, each man has a responsibility to his family uh, to be a protector and a provider and to be there for his family. And, and what they choose to do is up to them, and they have my full support either way they decide. Thanks, Matthew. Our next question will be Steve Sanchez and followed by Ian Steele. How you doing, Captain? I'm well. How are you? Pretty good. I just, um, I mean, you've been blessed with a great father who played in the 70s, and I just just want, you know, curious if, you know, when the protests started and stuff, if you, you and him been going back and forth, you know, as far as change, um, you know, maybe seeing progress a little bit. I mean, well, do you guys still say, I think in your opening statement you said, you know, Still got a long way to go. Uh, definitely. Look, my, my father, I'm so fortunate. Um, you know, I, I, I have the great privilege of, of having a, a great father who's been in my life, a great mother who's been in my life uh, since the very beginning. And some of the things that they experienced growing up in Jackson, Mississippi, and Meridian, Mississippi, in the 60s, um, during segregation, uh, not having attended integrated schools until they were in the 10th grade. They have, they have a great deal of perspective, and they've seen a great deal of change in their lifetime. I, I mean, there's obviously no denying that. But my dad and I both um, understand the human condition. And the number one thing that my father has passed on to me that I hold on to is our faith in, in Christ. And we understand the human condition. We understand that you know, man is going to miss the mark. You know, we're going to sin. We're going to fall short. And that's why I always emphasize needing, needing a, a plan of redemption, which comes through Christ and faith in him. So as we look at this, you know, we try to look at it through the lens of the gospel. And, you know, how does God see this? How should we view people? How should we view racism? How should we view justice? And I think the Bible is very clear on that. And so he always encourages me to go back to that. Uh, the one thing I appreciate about my dad, he never... He never con considered himself a victim, even though he suffered a great deal of injustice. Um, he never was a bitter man, even though he had just cause to be bitter. And he would certainly attribute that to his faith. So that's the one thing that we cling to in times like these. We don't have all the answers. There's a great deal of uncertainty. Uh, I know that in his lifetime, he's experienced some things that he never thought he would get a chance to as a youngster, but at the same time, he's experienced hurt and pain that he never thought he would have to as an older man in life. And that's just the reality. That's the world that we live in. But I think, you know, as we look for solutions and as we look for ways to move forward, my dad would tell me the same way I would tell you guys, it's got to start with looking at, at truth and, and what, you know, you know, there's a lot of opinions out there. There's, he said, she said, the left says this, the right says that. Well, in my mind, anyone's opinion that doesn't, doesn't align with the opinion uh, that is explicitly expressed in the word of God, well, they're, they're wrong. And, and that's how we look at this. And racism would fall into that category. It's, it's wrong. It's a sin that God hates. And, you know, we're going to do everything we can to combat that with the love of Christ. Thank you, Matthew. 
Uh, next question, uh, Ian Steele. And again, these last two, Levin Reed and Alex Barth, uh, will come to you if, uh, if you have a question for Matthew. Go ahead, Ian. Thanks, Stacy. Matthew, thanks for taking the time today. Uh, I'm curious, kind of similar to Steve's question, but how do you see the reception of the points that you and Devin have made today? Uh, have you seen progress? Have you felt more heard, I guess, over the past couple months, maybe more so than a couple of years ago when Colin Kaepernick made his stand? You know, I, I think that obviously there's a heightened sense of awareness now with everything that's transpired over the last several months. You you certainly feel like you have the eyes and ears of some folks that you may not have had in years past. But again, I understand the human condition. We're never going to get to a place without Christ where we see things the same way, where we all agree upon things. And that, that even goes within the church, people within my own faith. So I understand that. Um, you know, I'm not sure how it's going to be received by us and other guys going forward. You can already see how polarizing it is um you know i i'm going to try to approach this issue as as prayerfully as i can and to operate within you know good conscience as it aligns with biblical truth so i you know how we received i don't know i'm glad that conversations are being had i'm glad that people are doing some self-inventory and taking stock of of maybe some of the decisions that they've made in the past or some of the attitudes and biases that they've carried with them. And we'll see if we can push the needle forward. But again, I don't think we see any sustainable change without the Lord in the midst of it. Uh, I think we're just kind of making some efforts in vain otherwise. So look, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, my prayer is always for more unity, more love, more grace with one another, more forgiveness, more understanding, and I'll continue to pray those things and trust that the Lord will work the way that he's going to work. Thank you. Uh, next question is Levin Reed, followed by Alex Barth. Go ahead, Levin. Hey, Matthew. How's it going? Well, how you doing? Good to see I'm you. Good. good to see you. I want to thank you for your comments, and I want to thank you for your insight. And as I'm listening to you, I'm hearing the draw of family and a lot of the things you're talking about, whether it be your wife and three kids, and you talk about your, your dad and your mother and how you grew up there. How hard is the decision at a time when maybe you just want to put your arms around your family that you're going to kind of go away for to work when you, you know, and when you could just basically do the same thing that you would do before. Take, you know, you can still go out there, still be with your family and still kind of preach the word that you want to. But you are still going to go to your, your football family, so to speak, and work with them also. How hard was that decision? Yeah, it was difficult. Uh, you know, with my wife having the background that she does as uh, an MD, uh, I think that she knows a little bit more and it, it made the, the conversation a little bit tougher. Obviously, my parents have their own concerns. And, and, you know, as I have a young family that I'm trying to raise and as I continue to emphasize, protect, provide for, um, you know, spiritually lead, it's 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 been difficult because you want to make sure that you're hearing from the Lord and doing what he wants you to do. You don't want to be selfish. You don't want to be uh, just acting um, just on the spurt of the moment or off emotion, whether it be fear, whether it be excitement, whatever it may be. So we try to be as prayerful about this as we could. Well, we feel at a place of peace now. I think it's just a matter of us moving forward. Um, 
continue to pray, continue to support my family at One Patriot Place, continue to support the Slater family. Um, you know, there is no easy decision for this. This is this is an unprecedented situation, especially within my lifetime. You don't have answers. You don't have a lot of experience to draw from. So, uh, you know, it, it hasn't been easy, but I think we've arrived at a place where we feel fairly comfortable as we move forward. And we have one final question, Alex Barth. Uh, hey, Matthew, how's it going today? Well, how are you, Alex? Good. I just want to ask you about, you um, are now the longest tenured player on the roster, and I know you're somebody who prides yourself. <laughs> Sorry about that. I know you're somebody who prides yourself in your leadership, and having been in the locker room more than you know, any, anybody else you're looking at, what, what does that mean to you, and what do you think that does for you as a leader? Well, I tell you what, I, I have an abundance of gratitude uh, to be in the position that I'm in now. And I've, I've learned from some great men over the years. I've been very fortunate and blessed to have been around some tremendous leaders who have taught me a lot of lessons in leadership and have really shown me the way. They've shown me how to treat people, how to be professional, just how to approach the game of football. Um, you know, as I'm in a position now to be uh, <laughs> the longest tenured player on this team, uh, I want to make sure that I go about it from a place of gratitude. Um, the Lord has blessed me and ordered my steps and ordained my path for me to be here. And I want to make sure that I don't just take that blessing and hoard it. I want to be able to use my experience, my wisdom, and pass it along to the younger generations. I want to encourage, I want to uplift my teammates and empower them to go and do, you know, even greater things that I've been able to accomplish professionally. So I'm extremely excited and, and humbled that I have this opportunity. Um, I thank God every day for preserving my body, preserving my mind, and allowing me to still be doing what I'm doing. And it's my prayer that I, I would have a, a, a positive impact on my teammates. And when they think of me, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, I hope that they think about the relationships that we had, I hope that they remember Matthew Slater, the man, more than they remember Matthew Slater, the football player. And then I hope that they felt like I was someone that was in their corner, encouraged them, and pushed them to be greater. And, you know, that's really going to be something that we have to embrace as a team this year, considering all the unique circumstances that, that we're being faced with. Um, and I'm happy to serve. I'm just happy to be here. I'm thankful I still feel like I have to earn my way and, and earn the trust of my teammates, and that starts with hard work, but that also starts with showing them that I care about them as men and I care about you know the, the trajectory of their lives moving forward beyond the game of football.